I was recently asked what I think separates arrogance and confidence, and my answer was this, humility and ability. If you don't have the ability to execute, then you're being arrogant and false in your capacity. And if you're capable but you're not humble about it, then a sense of arrogance still remains. However, if you introduce humility along with your ability, then you're a confident performer and that tends to make people like and trust you and want you on their team. In today's episode, I'll talk about how we can achieve levels of confident execution through humble preparation. I was at work yesterday and I was sitting on the front bumper of my ladder truck watching the clouds settle on the superstition mountains that are sitting just on the other side of the highway of my fire station. And I spent the early morning hours watching the sun peek through and pour over those mountains as I read my book. Then I took a stroll around the station just to look at the sky as we don't get very many clouds here in the Valley of the Sun. And as I walked around, I observed a multitude of bees, dozens and dozens of bees. I mean, probably it was hundreds. I just wasn't seeing them all, but they're buzzing around the shrubs and flowers at the station and they're just hard at work doing their job. And I got close and I watched them as they went from this flower to that flower doing their incredibly important, but thankless job. I don't know about you, but I know that for me, I sometimes feel like my job is thankless. And I know what you might be thinking, well, people love firefighters. And for that, like for the most part, that's true. However, I'm talking about the feelings we get when we run on low acuity call after low acuity call. And I understand that my job by definition puts me at the beck and call of anyone within my area who needs help. That's literally the nature of the job. I get it. I get it. However, when you continually run on people who can't solve the most menial problem, that's where frustration and even annoyance can set in, right? We get all, ugh, this guy again or whatever. So let me give you an example. The other night, a woman called us late about 9.30 or 10 or so uh, because her smoke detectors were not going off. We explained to her that uh, they're only supposed to go off when there's smoke in the house so she could be alerted and get out safely. After we assured her that she wasn't in any danger and that she could see, sleep soundly, uh, that there was no fire, there was no incident, there was no danger currently, uh, we, went on, we went about our way. We went on our way. We went back at service, went back to the station, went back to bed. So... When we get call after call like this, it can take a toll. And you need to understand that, yeah, we see a lot of things in our job and, and we deal with a lot of issues and we see a lot of things other people don't, 
But sometimes it's just these low acuity calls that continually pop in and we just keep running and running and running that can wind us down or drag us down or make us feel uninspired, unmotivated. Uh, another aspect of the job that I'd like to point out, and I'm sure those of you who do the job are aware, the majority of the calls that we run are medical and the majority of those calls are falls. People fall for this reason or for that, but more often than not, gravity has just whooped someone's ass. Like that is, that is it. They just need help up. And some of you out there who are doing the job may be thinking, well, suck it up. That's the job. <laughs> and while all that's true, just bear with me for a few minutes while I talk openly about how things can take a toll. Things like these low acuity calls, like these falls and like solving these little problems. This is true regardless, like taking a toll. It's true regardless of what it is you're doing for a living. Uh, you know, the menial things, the redundancies that we, that we endure in our careers, they can take a toll. And we all reach points of frustration and burnout. And the key is to reframe your mindset and reignite your internal fire reignite what drives you, right? Your passions. And I'm not even speaking exclusively to our uh, professional lives and careers. We need to make sure that we're finding meaning, purpose, and fulfillment outside of our careers as well. And I talked about this a little bit in the last uh, episode a couple weeks ago, but going back to the bees, while I watched them, I couldn't help but think about the question that was posed to me about arrogance versus confidence. Here were these busy little bugs flying around, minding their own business, completely focused on their mission, get nectar, return home. They weren't too concerned with me getting up close and personal to watch them work. They just kept plugging away, doing what needed to be done. There was a great sense of humility I felt as I watched dozens of them buzzing around, doing their work, confidently doing what needed to be done to accomplish their mission. I feel that oftentimes people confuse humility with a lack of ambition, but I don't think humility and ambition are mutually exclusive. In fact, neither did a group of HR professionals at IBM. Years ago, they embraced a term that captures the mindset of doing big things in a world filled with huge unknowns. The most effective people exuded a sense of what they called humbition, one part humility and one part ambition. They believed, as do I, that the lion's share of world-changing luminaries are humble people. They focus on the work, not on their own acclaim. And this, this reminded me of the bees hard at work, right? They're just focused on what they're doing, not worried about acclaim. They're just doing what they do, doing what they're meant to do. People with humbition seek success, but are humbled when it arrives. They feel fortunate, not all-powerful. People with humbition seek success, but are humbled when it arrives. They feel fortunate, not all-powerful. I believe that people like this reach levels of success because A, they're willing to focus and do the work, and B, look to contribute to something greater than themselves. These are elements that make a great team member, a great crewmate, a great spouse, and a great friend. And as I thought about those two elements of, of humble ambition or of how humble ambition grants success, I started thinking about the steps that we can take to become people with humbition. And I came up with four things that we can do to foster this mindset. 
One, accept and embrace your role. Two, refine and improve your ability. Three, add your unique value to the team. And four, don't hold power over others. You know that I want to break each of these down. So guess what's happening? Number one, accept and embrace your role. Regardless of where you are and where you want to be, it's important that you accept your current role and situation. Now, I'm not saying you have to stay there, especially if you're unhappy. You can change the circumstances of your situation. You do have the power to do that. But what I'm saying here is that in the moment, you need to accept where you're at and embrace your current role. Only then can we start to clearly draw lines from where we are and where we want to be. I'm not saying, like I said, that you should resign yourself to that role forever, especially if you're unhappy. Just accept where you are at the here and now. Improving ourselves and our situation can come soon enough, but first we need to understand and accept where we are now, refining ourselves in that role so that we can take on new, more challenging roles later. And like I said earlier, I'm assigned to a ladder truck and we're a training truck. So that means when we get new people, they spend about six months with us to experience what it's like working on a ladder truck versus working on a fire engine. And in that time, both of my probies have been EMT basics and not advanced paramedics. They're just learning how to refine their EMS and patient assessment skills. And it would be ludicrous to expect them to perform at the level of a 10-year veteran of the job. We've had different training sessions on different things, but the thing that they will need to be most ready to perform is their EMS patient assessment and skills. Like I mentioned earlier, EMS is, is like 90% of what we do. So they really need to become uh, well, well-versed in those skills. As they practice and refine their abilities in their current role, they will be able to more successfully step into more advanced roles. And that's the nature of growth and improvement. Number two, refine and improve your ability. Once we accept our roles, we can hunker down and really build our capability within that role. On top of being a full-time firefighter paramedic, I also teach EMT and paramedic classes at the local community college. I've always made time to offer a few minutes of open Q&A for the students to ask any and all the questions they want about whatever topic they want to. One of the questions that has come up this past week with several different cohorts was, how did you decide to make the jump from EMT to paramedic? I told them that I didn't quite realize I was ready until I had crewmates tell me that I was. So when I was early on in my career, when I was an EMT basic, I was focused on becoming the best EMT that I could be. So when we'd get an EMS call, I'd jump in and get as many skills performed as I could. I refined my systems for obtaining vitals, and I'd also refine my systems of setting up my paramedic partners for success. I would observe the needs of the patient and then set my medics up for success in that once I obtained a blood sugar on an altered patient and saw that they were below the acceptable level, I'd prepare an IV setup as well as get a, a syringe full of dextrose ready to deliver to the patient. And uh, 
obviously as an EMT basic, I'm not giving them the dextrose, but I'm, I'd hand it to the medic so we could bring our patient back to the land of the living, right? And at the time, EMTs were certified and cleared to establish IVs in the field. So most times I'd have the IV established and the dextrose prepped and would hand the medic the amp of dextrose by the time they'd put the clipboard down. I operated this way because I wanted to be the best EMT that I could be so that my paramedic partners knew that they could trust me and would want me as their partner. Once I maintained and displayed that level of performance, my crewmates suggested that I go to paramedic school because I was already thinking several steps ahead, is what they told, is what they told me. I refined and improved my ability so that the next natural progression only made sense. Number three, add your unique value to the team. When it came to me watching the bees, you know, back to the bees, right? <laughs> this, it really did spark this whole, this whole thought process. So it's going to be woven in and out of this whole, this whole episode. Uh, I obviously couldn't differentiate between which bee was which, right? I mean, I know that some beekeepers can, and mostly it's because they mark them with like a little number that they glue to their back. But still, as people, we are unique. We don't look the same. We don't feel the same. We don't behave the same. We don't have the same characteristics, the same talents, all of that stuff. All of these things make us unique. When I think of a fire crew, I think of different people coming together in different roles to accomplish a mission. For example, on every fire truck, there's a captain whose job it is to keep the crew safe, formulate a plan of attack for fires, and maintain integrity and morale among the crew. There's also an engineer whose job it is to keep their crew safe while they drive to emergency calls and effectively pump the truck on fires. This leaves two firefighters in the back who split the responsibilities of fire attack. One gets out and establishes a water supply by tagging a hydrant, and the other pulls an attack line off the truck to make entry into a structure or knock down a car fire. Each member of the crew has their own unique responsibility that they are trusted to perform. And the things I mentioned are at the most basic levels. This doesn't take into account who the station cook is or who manages the daily kitty money or who's the one that motivates everyone to work out that day, right? That's going another layer deep. But the question here is, what is something unique that you can add to the team? It's up to you to discover or decide what unique value you bring to your team and add it consistently. Number four, don't hold power over others. If it's one thing I cannot stand, it's people in positions of power or knowledge who lord that power or knowledge over other people. This is ego unchecked, and when ego goes unchecked, arrogance creeps in. Remember, the name of this episode is Humble Preparation, Confident Execution. The focus is on how that humble preparation brings us to a place of confident execution so we can establish trust among our crews, trust among our, our team, our family, our friends, all of it. When people who are new to the job come into my vicinity, I tend to ask them a lot of questions. I'm, I'm very curious by nature. I'm interested in the new things that are being taught in recent fire academies and I'm interested in their fresh perspective on things. 
I can't tell you how many times I witnessed company officers and senior firefighters pop quiz the hell out of these people all day long as if they have to meet their specific level of acceptance, right? Like you must, you must answer these questions to pass the bridge or whatever. And it's like ego is being showcased in these situations because rather than asking true genuine questions uh, that are inquisitive by nature, they're being judgmental. They're trying to place them on a scale of how much they know versus how much the person asking the questions knows. And, and it's kind of like establishing a hierarchy. Like I know more than you, like see how much more I know. And, and it's, it's very detrimental, very disheartening. And we shouldn't be hitting our people that come right out of the gate like that. This is one of the clearest signs of people who are egocentric rather than, uh, trust centric, if that's a word, <laughs> they're, they're focused more on their ego and building themselves up rather than, than building trust among the team. And, uh, honestly, it's really too bad. I've seen that trend happen more and more, and, and it really just needs to come to a stop. But these were four simple elements that, that I thought of that I came up with that we can focus on in order to foster our mindset of humbition, right? Humble ambition. If you focus on these four elements, you'll become a powerful force of humble yet confident execution. If you're looking to humbly prepare so you can confidently execute, then you should join me in the forge. Inside the forge, we work on refining ourselves in the four fire flow path categories, which are fitness, intellect, relationships, and energy. Through this process, we will set and work towards goals on a quarterly basis. And the benefits of joining this exclusive group are that I'll give you the quarterly goal planning template that I've personally created based on the fire flow path. I'll give you a 50 page workbook that we'll work through every week. Um, as we, as we kind of go off on our own, we'll work through the workbook and then we'll meet every week to have accountability meetings through zoom. And you'll meet with me personally, you'll meet with other forge members and it's a system of built in accountability. You'll also have access to the private Facebook group and all the events and resources within that group. And I'll also send you a book selection for study and discussion that the workbook is, is based on for that quarter. So join the ranks of others who are looking to become the hero of their own story. And as a result, the firefighter, the parent, the spouse, and the friend that they want to be. Click the link in the show notes or in my bio to fill out an application and schedule a one-on-one -on -one call with me to get you all set up. During this call, we will review your application. We'll talk about the forge, how it's structured and how to use the resources that are available to you. And you'll gain access to the weekly zoom meetings where we meet to discuss our weekly topics. I look forward to seeing you all inside the forge. And one more quick thing before I sign off today, I wrote a book called own it and in it, I give a systematic approach to building systems of trust and how to be active in holding yourself accountable so you can create a rock solid culture where accountability isn't a bad word and trust thrives. You can get it on Amazon in the Kindle version or in paperback and please get a copy, share with those you think support the idea of systems of accountability and how they will make us all better people. And as a result, better firefighters, better EMS professionals. That wraps it up for this episode of the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. 
click the link in the show notes and be a part of the growing community by joining the Ignited Firefighter Facebook group. This group is free to join, and it's where we can all contribute and share stories of what new things we're learning, along with anything else you want to share or inquire about. Thanks again, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the hero of your own story. Be ignited.